Hey guys, Travis Greenlee here with Epic Man Radio, rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. So imagine having your life ripped apart after spending your entire career building a business that you love. From earning millions to losing it all, then pulling yourself together and building it all back again. We're going to talk about this and a whole lot more in today's episode of Epic Man Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. You're listening to Epic Men Radio. All right, guys. Welcome back to Epic Men Radio. It's an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you with us. Now, today's guest expert is international best-selling author Jerry Gladstone. Jerry is a highly regarded in the self-development industry as a speaker, a success coach, and the founder of the Common Thread Success Academy. Jerry's a self-made entrepreneur, and at the age of 26, he founded a small fine art company and grew it into an international business that specializes in production, distribution, and marketing of a wide variety of entertainment fine art. Jerry's business associations have given him a unique access to movie studio and celebrities, including 20th Century Fox, the Walt Disney Company, Warner Brothers, DreamWorks, and I mean, the list just goes on and on. Jerry, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us today, buddy. How are you? Good, good. So good to talk to you, Travis. Thanks for having me. <laughs> right on, man. So what a fascinating background. I mean, starting this whole entrepreneurial game at 26 and building your art company and how that's parlayed into your book and your coaching program. And I think one of the most exciting things is the connections. Right? You've made some amazing, amazing connections and some amazing relationships through this process. Let's start a little bit with your background and kind of dig deep with that. Um, you know, just getting started, you, know, you mentioned your first business at 26. How did all this begin to arrive? You, know, you started and, and began to grow. Let's, let's backtrack a little bit. Share a little bit about your story as you started this whole process. Yeah, but believe it or not, I was the kid in school that got a bunch of Fs and a bunch of Ds and didn't do too well. I mean, school just wasn't for me. Uh, low self-esteem. I did pretty well in sports, which, uh, you know, made me feel pretty good about myself. I was a bouncer. I was a uh, door-to-door salesman when it came to vacuums. I was kind of going nowhere fast. Uh, but then, believe it or not, I was watching National Geographic one night about a guy named Mel Fisher who discovered a treasure ship off the Florida Keys. Long story short... This guy spent 16 years searching for a treasure ship. His motto every day was, today's the day. And for 16 years, he said this. And after the 16th year, he found it, and he found $400 million worth of treasure. Wow. I looked at the TV. I was fascinated. I said, oh, my God, I would love to own a piece of this treasure that was golden doubloons and emeralds and all kinds of really cool artifacts. And I said, boy, I bet other people would want to own some of this as well. So I decided to call this guy up. Believe it or not, 26 years old, nobody told me I couldn't. Huh. Called him up. I ended up going down to Key West, cut a deal with him. And believe it or not, over the weekend, I signed an exclusive agreement to represent his personal portion of treasure. And then ended up doing millions of dollars worth of business. And that's really how I started off. 
Really? That is crazy, man. That is crazy. I mean, to have the balls, that's the big thing is to have the balls to pick up the phone and even call this guy. I mean, so how was that? Was that just more out of desperation from where you were in your life at that point? Or you just wanted to change so badly? Or like you say, you you just didn't know any better. You know what it was? I I saw an opportunity and I said, this is the coolest thing in the world. And I just, it it just kind of jumped off the TV and I said, this is the coolest thing. And I said, I just, I would, I was fascinated. And I said, other people would want to own this as well, too. And I had a little bit of a marketing background. I kind of understood that. And I just really felt inside that I could sell it. And long story short, quick, quick, funny thing for you. Uh, Mel and I got together. It was about nine o'clock in the morning. He said, you want to go out for some soup? And I said, soup, nine o'clock in the morning. Okay, you're Mel Fisher. Let me go out some soup. Right. The definition of soup was double 151 in a Coca-Cola. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. We got along really well. So, and we did business <laughs> for many, many years. But it, no, it wasn't out of desperation. It was about seeing a little, you know, opportunity, a little crack in the door that was open. I said, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm going to call this guy up. If I think it's cool, other people will think it's cool. And that's really what it was all about. And that launched it. And then again, gave you the confidence and the momentum and the drive and, and, and some of the contacts. Cause I would imagine then knowing Mel, I mean, it just, you know, the, the people that he knows and the people that he could introduce you to, how did that begin to move forward? And how did that begin to parlay in terms of, you know, where you are now, the direction? Well, that's pretty cool too. With Mel, it was great. And we sold treasure. The problem was, is that, you know, each individual um, collector would buy maybe one or two pieces. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't enough to sustain a business. So then again, I saw another opportunity as I was actually reading the New York Times Classified and somebody was selling animation art. I don't know if you know what the cells are mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, all the cartoon characters, which is right up my alley. Sure. Wait, let, me, let me see what's going on. I call this guy up. And it was really, uh, you know, way back when before the market even started, I ended up buying some cells from him and started an animation art business, which has really gave me a lot of the contacts. And I eventually said, well, geez, if I want to get even bigger, I'm not going to go buy from this guy. I'm going to go cut deals with Disney and Warner Brothers and DreamWorks and Fox. I ended up calling him up because, again, nobody told me I couldn't. And I always think go for the no. Yep. And I ended up cutting deals with all these studios over the years. And probably for about 15 years, we were the largest animation art dealer in the country, and we went international. And this is one way that I met a lot of the different celebrities that are uh, really featured in the book. Awesome. So again, it, was, it was taking the opportunity, seeing something on TV, making a call, seeing yep. something in the New York Times classified, making a call pretty, you know, assertive getting out there and making it happen for myself. And, and making the call. That is it. I mean, man, the mantra is just get off the couch. You'll get your ass off the couch and make the call. You just yep. do it. You'll get into momentum. And did you find then that as you started to do that, as you start to make more of these calls and you started to get some yeses and you started to get some positive feedback, it was the catalyst or the momentum to, to really begin to expand. Yeah, and believe me, I got plenty of no's. I mean, it took me three and a half years to get Disney. They kept on saying no, 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 because it was kind of a closed niche uh, type of collector's club that you couldn't get into, but eventually I got them. And uh, then, you know, we expanded into uh, rock and roll and entertainment, uh, contacted uh, MGM, and it was the, uh, the anniversary of Rocky coming up. And I said, boy, we could put a great program together to celebrate the anniversary. And they said, okay, well, let's, let's talk about it. And we entered into a contract with them. Believe it or not, I said to them, listen, if you can sit me down with Sylvester Stallone, 
I said, I will put something together that will knock your socks off. And guess what? I asked for it, and they got it for me. So I sat down with Stallone, developed a great relationship with him, got together with him uh, for his last Rocky Balboa movie, his last um, Rambo movie. And let me tell you something. This guy was so pumped up and so competitive, and and I had asked him to interview him uh, for the book and you know, sit down with this guy for hours on a time and see the way he works and uh, the – you know, late 60s, still, still competitive, still has the perseverance. It really, uh, it really did a lot for me and made me really understand, uh, you know, what separates successful people from non-successful people. And this guy was a great, great role models in so many different ways. Oh, God, yeah. Sylvester Stallone, I mean, one of the absolute greats and, and certainly from his, his characters in the Rocky movies and others is, and so is he like that? I mean, is he real like that in terms of his ambition, his focus, his drive, his passion? What is it that drives him that got you so excited? Well, let, let me tell you this, which is really cool for me. When I was 16 years old, Rocky came out. Mm. And it really laid down the, the, you know, the groundwork for me. I knew that I didn't have to be the biggest, strongest, fastest, or smartest. Because trust me when I tell you, I wasn't. Drive <laughs> and determination, I could accomplish a lot. That's why I always said, "Let me make the call." That's what Rocky would do. Yeah. Fast forward, you know, 25 years later, all of a sudden I'm sitting in the room with him, and they say, "Don't meet your idols." I'm not saying he's my idol. But if there's going to be one idol, Stallone is my idol. Wow. Believe me when I tell you, he did not disappoint. I talked to him about, you know, why do you still do this? You know, you don't need the money. You're more successful than anybody, you know, in the entertainment business, yep. uh, really in the top tier. And I said, what, what, what drives you? And he goes, you know what? And this guy is like a 17-year-old kid saying, one day somebody's going to try to take my spot. I'm not going to let that happen. You got to get out there. You got to compete. You got to be willing to fail. Now, this guy's pumped up. He doesn't need to be. And he's so excited. And I said, you know what? If this guy, who doesn't need anything, is still so pumped up about life and still wants to compete and willing to get out of his comfort zone and willing to do all the hard work, boy, you know, everybody should be doing that. So just a great role model. And the inspiration that he passed along to me in his films, he is that guy. Believe me, I tell you, he is that guy. I love it. I love it. Doing the work. The focus on not only being passionate and focused, but doing the work each and every day, whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And, and it's not always pretty. I sat down with him. Believe me, he could hire the best editors, right? Yeah. Sat down there editing his film, you know, clip by clip. You know, how to have it just perfect. He's all scraggly and just you no, know, not looking like the Hollywood icon that he is, and just working and working and working it. And it was an amazing process to watch. About you know, some people you know, um, you know, may have limited uh, abilities or may have you know limited opportunities. This guy would say, "I don't care about my opportunities. I don't care about my abilities. I'm going to make it happen." Really a self-taught guy through his whole career. And again, a great role model for all of us. Awesome. Awesome. That's exactly what we need. That's exactly what... He's you know, epic. You know, he's ep exactly epic, man. There's so many guys, as you know, that are struggling today and that are overwhelmed and that are, you know, they're in the fetal position. They're hiding under their desks, you know, with everything that's gone on with the economy and this and that and just the fear and the anger. There's just all kinds of crap going on. So to be able to push through that and to be inspired, that's what this is all about. 
Jerry, how about some of the other people? I mean, I know you are like the most connected guy out there with, with Stallone and some of these other people as well. Who else comes to mind? And in fact, with your book, you know, the common thread that really stands out in terms of their story in relationship to this conversation, you know, perseverance, focus, determination, hard work, doing what it takes. Who else stands out for you? You know who was really good? Believe it or not, Howard Stern. Ah. Let me tell you something. We did a lot of advertising with Howard Stern. Spent a lot of money with him within my business. Nobody could make the phone ring like Howard Stern. When I tell you. Um, got together with him on several occasions. He was so humble. Now, you would again, because if you listen to his radio show, he doesn't like the sponsors and so on and so forth. Yeah. First thing he does not get into, gets into the room, what can I do for you? You tell me what you want. I will do it. Let's get creative. How can we make the spot better? Let's be number one. Matter of fact, got together with him a few times. He wrote me a handwritten letter. Let's kick ass. I forget what year it is, but let's kick the competition's ass. In other words, here's a guy. The people are throwing money at him. And he's like, what can I do for you? What more can I do for you? Again, a great lesson that some of us are so hesitant to help others just to go beyond the call of duty, to over-deliver. He's not afraid of over-delivering. And guess what? The more he delivered, the more he over-delivered, the more he helped us, the more money we spent. So a great lesson when you're in business with somebody or you're doing something with somebody, give more and more and more. You're not always going to get back, but chances are you're going to get a lot more back than you put into it. So Howard Stern was a great lesson on, about being humble and about giving and about being creative and about helping others so they can succeed. I love generosity, you know, not all about him. And there's, I think there's so much challenge with this whole entitlement thing these days. You know, people feel like they're so entitled and they, they should get things and that things should be easier and it should be different and bitch and moan and so on and so forth. And you're saying, no, you know, these legends, whether it's, you know, Sylvester Stallone or Howard Stern or these guys are, you know, they've, like you said, they, they've got the money, right? They could very easily be quote unquote entitled. There's the stars, they're celebrities. They've got people that want to just give them everything and just hold them up on a pedestal. Yet in reality, they're the ones on the other side that are the most generous and the most giving. And the fact is, is that most people seem, it's unfortunate, they see these people on TV, they see them on the movie, you know, screen, they see them in the Super Bowl, they say, oh, I could never be that. Trust me when I tell you, they will be the first ones to tell you that if they could do it, then you can do it. The fact is, is they've come up with a plan, and they work it, and they've done it over years, and they do it every day, and they're consistent. They didn't just leap from out of the bed to being an icon of the world. They did it step by step and they did it every single day. And trust me when I tell you, your listeners could do the exact same thing. Don't take my word, these celebrities that I've gotten to know, they encourage people and they will tell you, if I can do it, you could do it. Just gotta put the work into it. Awesome, love it. How about challenges? Let's talk about challenges. Let's talk about failures because we all go through it, man, right? I mean, the roller coaster, the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns and just everything that we experience as leaders and as guys and, you know, taking that step to get outside of ourselves and to expand and to grow, just as you're mentioning with all these guys and the celebrities. How about you, Jerry? You know, as you start to develop your career, as you start to move, you start to create some momentum for yourself. Um, what is maybe one 
major failure or one challenge or one breakdown that you had that was so significant in fueling you, you know, giving you that drive and that focus that you needed to be able to, to move forward and to be able to create the life that you've created today? You know, in a way, I'm kind of lucky. When I was young, I really did have very low self-esteem. I really did poorly in school. When I tell you poorly in school, it was embarrassing. I mean, I can't even begin to do my homework. I got 10s and 20s on my, on my uh, you know, uh, homework. I went to summer school every year. I was always the first one to sit down during the spelling bee. So, you know, I was overweight. I just did not do well. Hmm. What I did do well with was sports. You know, I, I, I was able to somewhat excel in sports. So I always use sports uh, kind of as a crutch to make myself feel better. I call it kind of, and we all got to identify what I call feeding the animal. Whatever the animal is that you need to feed to feed your self-esteem, you need to do that. For me, I had very, very low self-esteem. The way I feed that animal now is I help people. I love helping people. It's, we got they think it's good, but it's kind of selfish on my part because I feel better about myself. Right. Definitely still in the training, still working out hard, still fighting MMA, doing jujitsu, you know, still at this age. So I kind of have the ability to do that. From a business standpoint, I had a very smooth career for about 25 years. Uh, make a long story short, a few years ago, one of my vendors committed a fraud on me. And uh, really kicked my butt. And unfortunately, I got blamed for it. And there's a lot of haters out there. And they tried bringing me down. Let me tell you something. They brought me down to my knees. They didn't knock me down all the way. They brought me down to my knees. Really one of the most difficult times that I've ever been involved in to get accused of a fraud within business and not actually doing it. And then, you know, some people, they don't care about the, uh, the actual facts. They'd rather push the facts to the side. Right. And uh, just say, no, no, the facts don't matter. We're going to try to destroy you. You know, thankfully, I had the support of my friends and my family and my beautiful wife, and I got through that. But let me tell you something. I would never wish that on my worst enemy to be accused of something that you just didn't do. So that kicked my butt. Uh, but you know what? Made me stronger. Made me appreciate, uh, you know, my family that much more. And it also made me kind of have empathy for others. Uh, out there, there are people out there that do get falsely accused of different uh, different things in business, and you know, it's always more than one side. But that kicked my butt. But then again, here I am, uh, just as strong as ever. So you know, I got through that, and, and probably even stronger than before because of that, because of that challenge and breaking out and, and having your butt kicked, your ass kicked. So, and especially like you, again, it's clear that you are just all about integrity. You know, you're a very integrous guy, an honest guy, and, and, and telling the truth. And so to go through something like that, that really pushed on the ego, you know, I mean, you know, the lies and so on and so forth and blame. And when it just wasn't the truth, ouch, you know, not only just losing things financially and the fear and the breakdown of that, but I think from maybe a mindset perspective and an ego perspective to push through that and to break through that to the other side is... Wow, man. I mean, no, it, it, it's hard, and I'll tell you, I was on a conference call, I'll never forget, really a low moment. I was on a conference call with, with an attorney, with uh, PR people, and with these, uh, some of these people who were writing these, these horrible things. That was actually a, a news channel. And I said to them, I said, I don't think you guys are listening. I said, I'm giving you the source. I'm giving the source who has this material who I got it from. Mm -hmm. You know what they said to me, this on a conference call, I'll never forget it. We don't care. You're going down. Ugh. 
Can you imagine that? That there's actually people. So people have to understand there are evil people out there yep. who don't care, who will take advantage, who will hurt other people. But you know what? You got to be like Superman and let those bullets bounce off of you. You got to move forward. You got to dust yourself off and move forward. Not easy for me, but you got to dust yourself off and move forward. Because you know what? What happens is, is that we all have these challenges. We all, I have my story. You have your story. Everybody has a story. You got to take your story and not let it dictate who you are. You are not that story. You got to wipe yourself clean, move forward, screw them, screw whatever happened is, screw the way, you know, people may think about you or say about you and they can't stop you. You got to keep moving forward. And that's the best advice I can give to people. Life isn't always fair. No doubt about it. Life is not always fair. Don't matter. Can't change it. Just keep moving forward and better yourself. I love it. Keep moving forward. You sound like sliced alone right now. It's just so powerful and so inspirational. So how did you do that? You know, when you had that breakdown and it was just so challenging and so scary and everything else, what kind of things, and, and I'm talking more like maybe routines or rituals or things that maybe you do in the morning to get yourself centered or maybe hit the gym or hang out with positive people and read positive stuff, yeah. you know, what kind of things did you actually do? And, and I'm asking from the perspective of the guys listening, you know, maybe guys that are, that are beat down or broken down and they're saying, hey, this all sounds great. I'm inspired and I would love to do that. But how do I do it? You know, what, what specific things can I do to manage my state, to manage that, that mindset, to be able to focus on truly what you want as opposed to what you fear? So what did you do? You know, it, it's tough. And, you know, fortunately, I had a support system. I had people who knew me, family, friends, business associates that at least reassured me. Didn't help that much because it was still extremely painful. Mm. Quite often, two, three o'clock in the morning were the worst times for me, waking up with anxiety, what's going to happen? Mm. And what I would always do, believe it or not, you know, I'll go to my grave. If you want to bury me, bury me with this book, Ogman Dingo. His book, oh, The Greatest Salesman Ever to Live. Great book. Yeah. The title is a little deceiving, has very little to do with sales, but it's about you know, life lessons. It's about you know, feeling good about yourself. It's about giving yourself hope. And it helped. And I kind of came up with this saying that I had every day to myself. And I kept on saying to myself, there is a finish line out there with my name on it. I don't know when I'm going to get there, but one day I'm going to get there. So you have to keep a little glimmer of hope. If you don't have hope, it's over. Right. And so many days could seem hopeless. So my thing is, is that you got to get out of the fetal position, get out of the bed, keep yourself busy. You know, again, exercise to me was very important, but, you know, plug that earphone in, put loud music on, motivational music, uh, talk to people. You got to distract people, but mostly you have to keep the hope. Work through it all, keep the hope, and just keep on telling yourself, there is a finish line out there with my name on it. I will get there. I will get there. And you will get there. And, you know, they say when you look back, it, you know, it's not as bad as you. You know, when I look back, it's, it was horrible for me. Mm. But the fact is, is that I can look back now. I did pass that finish line, and I keep moving forward. So, I'm not going to, you know, tell people, oh, this is easy. Just, you know, just deal with it. No, nah, you, you got to do things. You got to surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with positivity. But mostly you got to keep faith in your worst, darkest moments. 
keep some faith, keep some hope, and that will drive you to the finish line. Right, brother. So, so true. And I think something that you really represent, and you are sort of a model of this as well, is getting outside of our own stuff, you know, getting outside of your own head and being able to serve somebody else. So somebody else that maybe is in need or somebody else that is being challenged or some other way, whether it's a soup kitchen or it's serving somebody that's, that's got some side of challenges, but to help them and to focus on helping them and gratitude and being generous and get out of your own fears and your own challenges, right? To move you forward. And, and it's a perfect example of what you've done with the common thread. Right. I mean, so it's not about you. You know, what you are is a catalyst for all these other leaders and these celebrities that are the hard workers and they're integrous and they're generous and they're true leaders, servant based leaders. So not only you being a servant based leader, but look at the types of people that you've attracted into your life and that you've begun to work with that you have in your book and your coaching programs. So that it's not all about you. You know, it's about others and it's about them. And I think that truly is the common thread that we're seeing here is if you want to get out of a tough situation is get out of bed, get out of the fetal position and begin to help and begin to serve and support other people can be one of the fastest ways out of that place, right? Yeah, and, and you got to get out. You know, rule number one has always been and will forever be get out of your own way. Yeah. Period. You know, you want to see what your competition is. I'm going to tell you your competition. It's not the guy sitting next to you. It's not the opposing team. It's not your boss at work. It's not your wife. It's you. Mm. It's you. And what happens is we constantly tell ourselves over and over again, I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not cute enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. The fact of the matter is, is that a stranger, if a stranger said to you, Travis, what you say to yourself, you'd probably want to punch him out. Right. The fact is, that's what we do. We tell ourselves why we're not good enough. And that's a habit that we have to stop. Mm -hmm. We have to stop the self-hate speeches at ourselves. Mm, I love it, brother. So, so incredibly powerful. Jerry, tell us a little bit about now. I, I understand you've got a coaching program. So you've got the Common Thread book, right, which is awesome. And it, guys, if you haven't read it yet, absolutely go get it. You will love it. It's a, a culmination of some of these top leaders that we've talked about today and a whole host of others, you know, Kid Rock. And I mean, I could go on and on. So some amazing, amazing guys all telling their stories. Highly inspirational. In fact, it's one of the most inspirational books that I've ever read. So if you haven't gotten a copy of that, definitely check that out as well. And then I also understand that you've got a coaching program that works alongside of that. So question I've got for you, Jerry, is, you know, who are the types of people, you know, the types of guys that you really like to serve, that you typically serve and you typically support? What are their challenges and how do you help them? You know, how do you help them to break through and to begin to, to move forward in those challenges? You know, most people, their challenges, just like you and I, again, is themselves. They don't believe, most people know how to lose weight. Now, I'm not a weight loss coach, but most people know how to lose weight. Most people know how to get in shape. Most people, if they were going to give advice to their friend on how to make more money, they'd have pretty good advice. Most people know what to do to get their goals. The problem is, is that they have, and again, interviewed a lot of people, asked them a lot of questions. The question that I had most interested is that why do some people who have great potential 
great potential, but for whatever reason, can't get out of their own way. While others with limited potential succeed. The number one answer by far, by all these celebrities, was fear. Fear of failure. Fear of embarrassment. Fear of hurting their ego. Fear of this, fear of that, fear of that. So what I try to do is I try to really empower people to make them believe in themselves, to remind them of their past victories, to remind them what they were warriors, to remind them of how good they were, to tell them that they still can be warriors. Yes, we got to write things down. We got to take it step by step, you know, little pieces at a time. But my whole thing is about getting people to believe in themselves because there's no other strength that you could have that's more powerful than belief in yourself. Self-belief is the most important thing that you have because, again, the fact is most of us know what to do. And if you don't know what to do with the Internet these days and advice these days, you know what? Within minutes, you can find step-by-step on exactly what to do what you know, to achieve your goal. But the fact is people, they don't take that step forward. And what I try to do is I try to get people to take that step forward over and over and over again. You know, try to keep them accountable, obviously, and that's one of the benefits of working with a coach. But it's really getting self-belief, having people to stop telling themselves that they're not good enough or not worthy enough and stop telling themselves the worst-case scenarios, right, Travis? They will, everybody tells themselves the worst-case scenarios about what's going to happen. They're motivated for about 10 seconds when they have a, a goal, and then the next two hours they're telling themselves why it won't work. Right. And that's what I try to, to work on. Let's, st- let's stick with those 10 seconds and make that happen for weeks and months at a time, not those hours of telling yourself why things can't happen. Love it. I think that's why I have some success. Love it, love it, love it, man. So it's fear, overcoming that fear. And you're right, we all have it, especially guys like us that are, that are achievers, you know, that are leaders, that are out there wanting to and, and committed to doing big things. You know, a lot of times we've got the biggest fears, you know, as we step out into the unknown and areas that we haven't necessarily experienced. So to be able to overcome that is absolutely critical. And as you mentioned, having a coach to do it you know, the accountability piece. So it's not only knowing what to do, but having somebody that will, you know, support you and getting your ass off the couch, get out of that fetal position, stop being a victim, right? Focus on what you want versus what you fear is critical. Yeah. And I try to tell people, I try to have them identify what I call the why. Why do you want to succeed? I'm not talking about why do you want a million dollars, but really why? What's the deep emotion of why you want to succeed? Is because to make yourself feel better about yourself so others feel better about you, to not be embarrassed anymore, to uh, build up your ego? In other words, what brings you to tears about when you think about yourself? That's your why. And guess what? Your why has to be stronger than the fear that you have. Oh, boy, you may have to work 10, 12 hours today. Oh, that's something you don't want to do. Well, your why has to be stronger than that. Oh, you have to make extra calls today or you have to, you know, do without that muffin or you have to go to the gym a little bit extra. You don't necessarily want to do that. Well, then you don't understand your why because your why is very powerful and you have to use that as an asset and as a tool. When you don't want to do something, you have to have that why bottled up. You got to open up that bottle. And you got to say, this is what I don't want to feel, so I'm going to the gym. This is what I don't want to feel, so I'm going to go get a better job. This is what I don't want to feel, so I'm going to go get a better relationship. That why, you have to identify it and use it as a tool. Awesome. Jerry, if guys want to learn more about you in terms of the book and the coaching program and 
the ability to be able to connect with you and, and work with you, where should they go? Where should they go to find you? Well, they can just go to jerrygladstone.com or the commonthreadbook.com. Jerry, you are the best, brother. Again, I know how busy you are and how much stuff you got going on. So to come and spend time with us and to share your wisdom and to share your knowledge is absolutely priceless. Thank you, brother. We deeply appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you and your whole team and go Epic Men. Thanks for listening to Epic Men Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. Be sure to share Epic Men Radio with other men in your tribe so no one will ever miss a single empowering episode. You can find us at epicmen.com. Epicmen.com.